How y'all doing today? Good. Last week, we talked about people who help us feel safe. Today, we're going to go backwards a little bit. There's a question on the kids' bulletin today that says, what are some things that can make you feel worried or nervous? What are some things that you might worry about? Or maybe scared. Scared, worried, nervous, anything like that? Maybe if you don't really feel like that, maybe we can imagine things that might make other people feel scared or worried. Anderson? Nothing? Well, that is awesome. You are a great example to us in that, because I could come up with a list of things pretty quickly, I think. Um, So that's great. So you are less worried than I am, and you are a good example to me, all right? So, uh, but we can get worried about, you know, sometimes they're even good things. Like, I used to run track, uh, I used to run races, and so I would get worried that I wouldn't do as well as I wanted to. You know, we can get worried about things like that. Sometimes we can get worried when, uh, that somebody might get mad at us and be like, I don't want them to get mad at me, and I, what are they going to do if they get mad? right? Um, So there are all kinds of things that we might get worried or nervous about. Today we're going to look at Psalm 57, and it's a psalm that David wrote uh, either while it was happening or as he remembered back to this time that the king and the king's armies were chasing after David to hurt him. So that was something to be worried about, right? People with weapons coming after you. Um, And so, but the interesting thing is that David doesn't talk a lot about how worried he was when he's in the cave hiding for safety, but he talks a lot about how great and awesome God is, that God is our refuge and like our, our fortress and protector. And so we, today we want to listen for the things that help us pay attention to who God is and how he helps us instead of the things that might make other people worried since you don't get worried anyway, and then you can help them know how to be as calm as you are uh, by trusting in Jesus. All right? Sound good? Thanks. Thanks for coming up. Oh, to be a kid. (laughs) Um, Though maybe they were just worried about me asking them a question. So... Um, As I mentioned, our psalm today is Psalm 57. Uh, The words will be on the screen, but I invite you to open up your Bibles if you brought them with you, or to pull out the pew Bibles and read along as I read to you. From the words of David, inspired by God. Have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster is past. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I'm forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, 
above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you again for this reminder of who you are, how secure and safe you are, how strong and mighty, that we can rest in you and find refuge in you. You are our rock, our shield, our protector. And so as we reflect on these words, written by David about a time in his life where he was threatened. We pray that you would help us see you, trust you, believe you in the midst of the things that threaten us. So we pray that you would reveal yourself to us in these words, that you would grow our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. As we reflect on this psalm today, I want to offer just two reminders that are highlighted from the words of this psalm. As I mentioned with the kids, David wrote this psalm, as the title tells us, uh, while he was hiding in a cave. He either wrote it while he was hiding or as he reflected later about the time when he was hiding. Um, as he was being chased by King Saul and his army. And the truth is, they weren't just trying to hurt him, they were trying to kill him. Even though David, and you can read about that, uh, there are a couple times that David was in a, a cave. Uh, and so you can read in 1 Samuel 22 or 24. I feel like Psalm 57 connects a little bit more closely with what I read in 1 Samuel 24, but we're not sure which time he was in the cave that this is about. But David was definitely threatened. It was unjust. Like he was trying to be a faithful servant to the king and the king turned on him. But as he finds some solace in the cave, instead of focusing on all the things that were threatening him, he found his hope not in the security of the cave, but in the security of the God who saves. And so our first reminder this morning is that God is our faithful refuge as we face real threats. Now David talks about being hotly pursued by the king and his soldiers. I don't know if many of us have felt hotly pursued by people like in life-threatening situations. Um, I feel a little bad telling a story about my brother, but... Um, because it's not very happy. <laughs> um, but uh, my brother is five years younger than me, six grades behind me in school. Uh, and he was, he was an entertainer and still is. Uh, he's super funny and he just is a performer. People enjoy him. But he 
especially when he was young, could easily be enraged. And so when I had the privilege of babysitting my siblings, uh, and I will admit, I sometimes let the power go to my head, and I wanted to be as powerful as my dad and command such authority among my siblings. And my brother would have none of it. Um, and so when I told him to do what he was supposed to do, and he would just, sometimes he'd be like, no, I'm just going to do what I want to do. But if I really tried to pull into the power struggle, then he would sometimes grab scissors or sharp knives and chase me around the house. And my protection was throwing chairs behind me or closing doors that would at least bring us to some calm so I could repent from my sin of wanting to have authority over him, and then it'd be okay. Um, still, not many, hopefully, not many of us identify with the threat of being pursued in our lives in the balance. But as we hear David's words, we know that we live in a sinful, broken, threatening world. We experience scarcity and things go bad. Things don't work the way they're supposed to and we feel threatened all the time. David says, I am in the midst of lions. I live among predators. He says, I'm hotly pursued by people whose mouths are weaponized. That's maybe something we can identify with today. We've had an upsurge in all kinds of violence and just rage against people. I just heard on the news this week that uh, just fights on planes are up like seven times over what normal years are. We're all worn out. I keep reminding the staff that none of us are at our best, but we're doing the best that we can. We just need to assume that of each other, and that usually helps a lot. But we can identify with being in a place where people's mouths threaten us. That their teeth are like daggers or arrows. That their tongues are like swords. And certainly there's violence in our world where that can cause us to feel threatened. There are things looming on the horizon that feel like the clouds are getting darker for us. Sometimes, and this might be the most easy way for us to access this feeling, is that we can feel hotly pursued just in our anxious thoughts. As it feels like the sky is falling and we don't know what's going to happen next, and we worry. But God is our faithful refuge. The threats are real. It's not like they're pretend. We don't, sometimes, we make them up or make them bigger than they are. Uh, there aren't always threats hiding behind us in places that we perceive they could be. Um, that's another thing I struggle with. Sometimes even taking the garbage out at night. Who could be in the woods? Um, and it's more sometimes like, what if it's just a deer and somebody catches me on camera looking so scared? Um, but, uh, 
But God is our faithful refuge. The threats are real, but God is our faithful refuge. And so David comes before the Lord, and he says, have mercy on me, my God. And it can be translated, be gracious to me. Uh, in Psalm 56, it's translated that way. Same phrase in Hebrew. Have mercy on me. Be gracious to me, God. I find in you my refuge. In you I take refuge. And I find it reassuring that David didn't, and it would be totally appropriate, sometimes we say, will you be my refuge? But I find so much comfort and solace in knowing that David just declares, you are my refuge. I find refuge in you. Like the threats are real and the king wants to kill me and people are chasing me down and I'm hiding in this cave and there might be a bear, but I know how to kill those. It's just these other people that I don't know how to deal with and I want to honor them, but they're trying to take my life. Whoa. But Lord, I know you are great and mighty and in you, I'm safe. God is our faithful refuge. And while the threats are real, so is his faithfulness. David says that God is the one who vindicates him. He sends from heaven and saves me. We know it's true. We've experienced that in our history even more profoundly than David had experienced it at this moment. Jesus came from heaven and he saves us. The truth of God rebukes those who hotly pursue us and wrongly accuse us. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. We talked about that last week, living in it. God is our refuge and he's faithful. We can trust him in the midst of all circumstances, no matter what we face no matter how scary it may seem. And the second reminder helps clarify things a little bit more as well. When we keep our attention on God, we see Him less in the context of our difficulty and more in the fullness of who He is. You see, sometimes... The threats and then our anxious responses make the threats feel stronger, bigger. They get out of perspective and out of control. And when our attention is focused on the threats and difficulty and the struggles that we have, then sometimes we're tempted to see God in light of those threats. We're trying to evaluate his performance as our God. Is his love sufficient for us? Is he as strong as he ought to be in this moment? Is this what love is supposed to look like? Especially in moments when we start to compare our experiences to what we perceive other people are experiencing. We think, well, I'm so threatened, but these people have it easy. And sometimes they're not even nice. When our attention is drawn to our circumstances, we start to question who God is. And the Psalms tell us 
that our gracious and loving God makes room for those questions. He invites us to come before Him even when we say, Lord, how long are we going to have to wait for you to take control of this situation? Why is this happening to me? When is it going to get better? Are you good enough? And so we have room to ask those questions. But what we see in this psalm is a reminder that when we turn our attention from the difficulty toward the God who is our refuge, that's when we find the strength and security, the peace and the calm. When we focus on the difficulties and the things that threaten us, we think the only way we can feel better is if those things go away. But when we turn our attention to God, we find that He's with us as our refuge, even in the face of difficult things. I'm in the midst of lions. I'm forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are, whose tongues are sharp swords. But then David responds and says, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. This verse gets repeated in verse 11. And I, one of the commentaries suggested that this first time he declares it, it's kind of this declaration of faith. And later on, it's this kind of response of experiencing the depth of God's love. I kind of like that picture. I think it kind of fits. When David cries out and says, My heart, O God, is steadfast, I'm confident. My heart is confident. I will sing and make music. David is not just pretending that his life is better than it actually is. His faith isn't blind in that he's just imagining that life with God makes things better automatically and that every threat that comes against us is just pretend. What fuels his ability to say, my heart is confident as I hide in this cave, is that his attention is on the God who is his refuge, who's strong and mighty and faithful, who loves him and sends from heaven to vindicate him and rescue him. And as David experiences this deep and overwhelming love from God, that God would meet him in the cave, even though he didn't deserve it, even though he was not yet God's anointed over the people. God met him and David knew it. It brought peace and calm. And when he experienced that kind of communion with the God of the universe whose glory is far above the heavens, he said, in light of who you are, even though I know the threats are real and the king can cause me harm, 
my heart, O oh God, is confident. I'm steadfast in you. He wasn't praising himself like, Lord, look at me. I'm so confident. I have so much faith. He was saying, you are my refuge. And now that I see you, now that I've slowed down enough to know that I'm here with you, it's not so much that the cave is keeping me safe. It's just an opportunity for me to calm down and know that you are truly my refuge. And in you, I'm confident. You're so good, in fact, that I will sing and make music. Awake my soul. Awake the instruments of worship for a new age is coming. I will awaken the dawn. So how do we make this real? How do we apply this in our lives? If God is our refuge, that's a great truth, but how do we experience it? How do we switch from focusing on our circumstances to focusing on the Lord? I think verses 9 through 11 give us a little bit of a roadmap. David says, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Sometimes we're tempted. We're tempted to do things that are not good for us. We're tempted to do things that don't that are opposed to what God wants for us or has commanded us to do. But we're tempted. And when we focus on that temptation, it highlights how weak we are. It draws us in to that temptation and that picture that that really is what we want. And we convince ourselves that what we want is what we need and that this path is the only way to get there. And it takes hard faith discipline to turn our mind's attention from what seems like a promising deception to admit that it's a deception and turn our attention to God. But our faith is demonstrated in choices and decisions. Small things, one at a time. And in that moment, when we recognize we're being tempted, if we turn our attention from the temptation, from the thing that we think we need, to the God who is our refuge, and start to remind ourselves of truth, that we would praise Him as we would among the nations, say, Lord, I... I really want this now. This path seems easier than the one you've called me to. But I know you love me. I know you want good things for me. I know you are my provider. And that if I don't have this right now, it must be good for me in some way, or at least I know 
I have you, and you're enough for me. If we turn our attention from the difficulty, from the temptation, turn our attention to God, we find the peace and the strength we need in that circumstance. Sometimes those things come not by temptation, but in difficulty. As we mentioned, our, our world is a threatening place. We can feel it in financial difficulty. We can feel it in health situations, caring for a child or a parent or ourselves. We can feel threatened that things should be better. This shouldn't be happening now. It's the wrong time. Sometimes we feel like victims of circumstance, that we've been fighting hard, playing our best game, and still we're experiencing losing season. That while other people seem to get breaks, every time we seem like we're coming up for breath and we might make it, we just get crashed by another wave. And those threats are real. It's hard. But God is our faithful refuge. And as we focus on the circumstances, as we focus on the difficulty, we say, Lord, why is this happening again? Why is this happening to me? I thought you loved me. But how could a God who loves let this happen? Those are hard and real and honest questions. But when we focus on the difficulty and the circumstances, it highlights our weakness. Which can be a good thing if we turn our attention to the God who is our refuge. Because we're reminded throughout Scripture that when we're weak, He is strong. When we stop trying to do it ourselves, we can see who God is and make room for Him to do what He wants to do. And it may not solve our problem the way that we think is best, but it will probably be good for us as we meet with Him in those circumstances. So, we kind of walk through this map that David has laid out for us. We recognize that we're feeling anxious, that we're worried and concerned about something real or perceived. We turn our attention and we say, but God... What do I know about God? What are the things that I would praise Him for? What are the things that I know to be true of Him? And where does David start? For great is your love, your hesed, faithful, covenantal, loyal love, reaching to the heavens, reaching down to me. I don't deserve it, but you sent Jesus to die for me. So right now, my circumstances make me feel like you don't love me very much. But if you sacrificed your son for me, 
if you gave everything for me, what other picture of love could I need? For it's true, you demonstrated your love for us in this while we were still sinners. You, Jesus died for us. Whoa. Okay, Lord. If you love me that much, I'll give you another minute. The circumstances are real. And I don't know how to catch a breath for the next moment, and I don't know what's happening tomorrow. But I know you love me, and I know you're faithful. You always tell me the truth. And you've promised me, through Jesus, eternal life, a life with you, with no threats that doesn't end. And I know that that doesn't happen here, but you will bring me safely to your kingdom. And so, if you love me that much, and I know you're always faithful to keep your word, and you provide for me and you care for me, you're going to do what I need, then if I don't experience that the way I think I need it right now, then just help me trust you that you're enough for me in this moment. Because you're my refuge. You're my hope. And you're always here. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Lord, if that's true, then indeed be exalted, O God, above the heavens, that everyone would see your glory and experience the wonder of who you are. Let your glory be over all the earth. For there's no one like you. And you must be enough. For me. Let's pray. Father God, you wrote these things for us because you know us well. You know our lives are hard. You know we don't have the answers. And you know that we want to trust you. We want to be people of faith. We want to experience calm and peace and be able to declare before you, my heart is confident and steadfast. I'm in a good place. But sometimes those things are hard to say honestly. So we thank you that you make room for us to speak out of our vulnerability and say, I'm not there yet. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, our circumstances don't change who you are, how great and mighty you are, how faithful you are, how deeply you love. So we pray that you help us rest in you. You are our refuge. Help us see it, believe it, experience it. We want our home to be in you just as you've desired, just as you've invited. So in those moments, we pray that you'd guard us and protect us. 
Help us turn our attention from the things in front of us to the things like You that we can't see, that are more real, more certain, more firm. Lord, we want to take refuge in You. And You are enough. Let Your glory be over all the earth and reach far above the heavens. In Jesus' name, amen.